Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And that means that Joseph had this incredible ability to live in another world. He had this tremendous capacity to just shut out everything around him and really to drill down with a fierce focus on what he had to do. And that's the picture we have here of Joseph. When it says that Joseph went into the house to do his business, that says so much about Joseph. I mean, Joseph has this tremendous loyalty to others. I mean, he had been the object of betrayal by his brothers, and he would rather die than to betray or be unfaithful or to be not trustworthy. I mean, if you want a faithful friend, you choose Joseph. You couldn't have a more faithful friend than Joseph. Nowhere in Joseph's life do we ever see him slandering or accusing or condemning anybody except when he did it to his own brothers to bring them to repentance. But even when he did that, Joseph was being faithful. He was a faithful friend, as it says in Proverbs 27, 6. Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. As a matter of fact, for Joseph, the word is friend. It's a very special word for Joseph. He greatly valued friendship. And when he was wounding his brothers, it was the wounds of a faithful friend. And you were a very fortunate person if you had Joseph to be your friend. You couldn't have a more faithful friend than Joseph. And like I said, we never see Joseph slandering another person. What's going to be remarkable for us, because in this case, Joseph is going to refuse to slander Potiphar's wife or to defend himself. He'd rather be imprisoned than to slander the wife of his friend, Potiphar, because Potiphar was his friend. Now, even when Joseph is going to be falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, and he'll be just like the Lord Jesus Christ, who also was falsely accused, and he refused, the Lord Jesus refused to defend himself, as it says in Psalm 38, 13, Psalm 38, 13. But I, as a deaf man, heard not, and I, as a dumb man, open not his mouth. And then we get this real focus on the Lord Jesus in Isaiah 53, 7, Isaiah 53, 7, where it says, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. You couldn't have a better friend than Joseph. And you couldn't have a more faithful person to serve you than Joseph. So notice in verse 11 how it says, Joseph went into the house to do his business. 
It says he went into the house to do his business. It, that's what it says. It's actually Potiphar's business. He was working for Potiphar. And the verse could have very well have read, Joseph went into the house to do Potiphar's business because that's what he was doing. But he was in charge of Potiphar's business. And so it's really telling us something in verse 11 when it says, Joseph went into the house to do his business. What it's telling us is that Potiphar's business had become Joseph's business. Joseph had become so married to Potiphar's business that it became his business. And Potiphar knew that, and Potiphar was totally at ease, because he saw this, with Joseph running his whole household from the house to the fields, because Joseph treated Potiphar's business as if it was his own business. The most faithful team members that we have at Scantabody's Laboratory are the ones who treat the property of Scantabody's Lab as if it was their own property. Whether it's in purchasing, when they're negotiating, when they're negotiating for some company equipment or supplies, and it's like they're negotiating for themselves on a car lot to buy their own car. Or whether it's in manufacturing and they're preventing waste, then they're doing that like they would be at home to try to prevent their food from spoiling. This is Joseph. Joseph is this type of person who is super reliable and diligent and faithful, and everyone sees that about him. So this is the picture that we see of Joseph in verse 11, totally preoccupied with doing his business. And that's just who Joseph was. Joseph was a dreamer. He had this tremendous capacity to completely focus on what he had to do, shut the world out around him. And this is what verse 11 is showing us. Joseph was totally preoccupied with his business. The last thing he was thinking about was Potiphar's wife and the threat that she represented to him. Well, you you could say he should have been, but that wasn't Joseph. I mean, Joseph had so much on his mind to take care of all the accounts and all the business in the house and in the fields, and he just didn't notice that there were no men in the house when he went in. So this wholehearted focus of Joseph in doing Potiphar's business, shutting out all the surroundings around him to do his business, this is what makes Joseph so charming to us. This is what makes us love Joseph so much because it's the beauty of this innocent, childlike spirit of not thinking that Potiphar's wife was laying in wait for him. And what we see of Joseph as being this totally oblivious to the evil around him is this beautiful innocence And this is what we love about Joseph. And the Lord Jesus Christ had that same beautiful innocence, the sweet oblivion to the evil that was going on around him. And that's what God the Father calls out also and loves especially about his son, the Lord Jesus, as he speaks about him in Isaiah 42, 19. Isaiah 42, 19, God the Father said, who is blind but my servant or deaf? as my messenger that I sent. Who is as blind as he that is perfect and blind as the Lord's servant? Seeing many things, but thou observest not. Opening the ears, but he hearest not. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. So what is God doing there? God the Father do there is just saying, just look at how beautiful God the Son is. He's blind. He's blind to the evil around him. Look, he's doing his business of giving sight 
to other blind people. In the process, he's blind to the evil that's all around him. Just like Joseph went into the house to do his business. He was blind to Potiphar's wife in the absence of the other men in the house with him. And God the Father was saying, just look at how beautiful God the Son is. He's deaf to the wicked words around him. He's doing his business of causing other deaf people to hear again. And in the process, he's deaf to all the evil language talk around him. Just like Joseph went into the house to do his business and was choosing to not keep hearing Potiphar's wife's call, lie with me, lie with me. It's this sweet innocence. It's this childlike focus that we love about Joseph and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, clearly in verse 11, Joseph went into the house to do his business. There was none of the men in the house there with him. And I know what I'm talking about because I was reading this description about Joseph when Cheryl was pregnant with our second son, and I decided to name him Joseph because of this. And I told him why I named him Joseph. And my son Joseph has many of the characteristics of Joseph in the Bible. So from verse 11, Joseph is not aware that he is being watched, but he is being watched. He's being watched very carefully. Joseph was being watched just like the adulterous woman watched her prey in uh, Proverbs 6.26. Proverbs 6.26, where it says, for by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. You know, I'm always amazed at Scott Ramo and how he hunts for, you know, I shouldn't say this, but anyway, I'm allergic to rabbits and I, this pesky wild rabbit that was in the backyard in any way. You know, whenever I would do what I did, <laughs> then the rabbit would laugh at me. <laughs> anyway, but, but not Scott. Scott... He sat there in the backyard. I mean, I watched him. He sat there on a little little ottoman, and he sat there, and it was like he could have been a stone, <laughs> and, and he got the rabbit anyway. But I'm amazed at how Scott hunts, and he talked about how, did you ever see this picture he's got on his iPhone, of, of the deer that he shot in Laguna Mountains? And, you know, he again, he describes it. It really is the picture of what it means to lie in wait. And Scott will sit on a log, or a rock up there and, and, and for hours in the Laguna Mountains. And without making a move, he just sits there and waits for the deer to appear. And then he draws back on his bow and arrow and launches his arrow. And so this is the description that we have here of Proverbs 7.12. Proverbs 7.12 says, Now is she without? This adulterous woman, Proverbs 7.12. Now is she without? Now in the streets? And lieth at wait at every corner. And so she caught him and kissed him and with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me this day. I I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face. And I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love. Until the morning, let us solace ourselves with loves. For the good man is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. This is just like Potiphar's wife, the strange woman. Now is she without, now in the streets, lieth in wait, in every corner, lying in wait. And this is how the strange woman is described in Proverbs 23, 28. Proverbs 23, 28. 
She also lieth in wait as for a prey and increaseth the transgressors among men. And then in Proverbs 9.14, Proverbs 9.14, she sitteth at the door of her house on a seat in the high place of the city. Just like Scott sitting on that rock or that log waiting for the deer to appear as his prey. This woman sits and waits for the prey. Now, it was not easy for Joseph to live under the eyes of Potiphar's wife day by day. And she was seeking to destroy him morally. And it wasn't easy for David also, who experienced the same thing, living under the eyes of those seeking to destroy him. As he wrote about this in Psalm 31.13, Psalm 31.13, where David said, I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they devised to take away my life. So Joseph is being watched by Potiphar's wife. She wants to catch him, just like the Lord Jesus is being watched by Judas Iscariot. And it says in Matthew 26, 14, Matthew 26, 14, then one of the 12 called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, what will you give me and I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. Judas was on the inside of the circle and he was watching the Lord Jesus seeking constantly seeking an opportunity to destroy him, to bring the Lord down. As a matter of fact, there's a little detail about the plan that Judas had to betray the Lord that's revealed in Luke 22.6, Luke 22.6, where it says, and he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. So Judas was looking to betray the Lord in the absence of the multitude when there was not a large crowd around. And it was just like Judas was there looking for an opportunity to destroy the Lord, but as it says in Luke 19, 47, he was, in other words, Judas was not the only one looking to destroy the Lord because it says in Luke 19, 47, and he taught daily, the Lord, and he taught daily in the temple, but the chief priests and scribes and the chief of the people sought to destroy him. And the Lord was constantly under the watch of those who wanted to destroy him. In Mark 11, 8, Mark 11, 8, and the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. And then Mark 12, 12, Mark 12, 12, and they sought to lay hold on him, but feared the people. And Mark 14, 1, Mark 14, 1, the chief priests and scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. And John 11.53, all these references are getting the impression every time the Lord makes a step, there are just eagle eyes focused on him. John 11.53, then from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. So just as Potiphar's wife was on the inside of the circle, like Judas Iscariot, she was watching Joseph to bring him down, just as the Lord was being watched by Judas Iscariot. And the Lord was aware. He felt this. He felt these eyes, like David had talked about. The Lord was aware of the eyes of those seeking to destroy him. And on several occasions, he spoke about it, like in John 7, 19, John 7, 19, when he said, did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keep the law. Why go ye about to kill me? He knew what they wanted to do. 
in John 8, 37. John 8, 37, he says, I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. And then in John 8, 40, he said, but now you seek to kill me, a man that had told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. So Potiphar's wife is laying in wait to trap Joseph. And if there's one person in the Bible who knows by sad experience what it's like to be trapped at the hands of these type of women who are lying in wait, it is Solomon, King Solomon. And then we can go to him for such advice that he can give us. Anyway, in Ecclesiastes 7.26, Ecclesiastes 7.26, Solomon said, I find more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets and her hands as bands. Whosoever pleases God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be taken by her. So Solomon called being caught by one of these women more bitter than death, okay? I don't know how that gets that way, but that's what he said. In other words, he'd rather die. So the woman of Proverbs 7.13, Proverbs 7.13, is said to have caught him and kissed him, like we saw. This is exactly what we're reading here in verse 11, 12, rather. Genesis 39.12, verse 12. She caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Now, we see that after all the friendly persuasion you know, of uh, verse 10, she spake to Joseph day by day, and you know, Joseph, you're so handsome, Joseph, you're so smart, Joseph, you're so blah, blah, blah. That hasn't worked. So now she turns to a bold attack, a very aggressive bold attack. I mean, Joseph has remained steady at the helm through all of her flattering invitations. Joseph has remained steady at the helm to not give in to a person who is above him in rank, being Potiphar's wife. Joseph has remained steady at the helm to not to give in to his own sexual passions within him. Joseph has remained steady at the helm to not be afraid of making Potiphar's wife angry and resent him by not obeying her. Joseph has remained steady at the helm to stand against her blazing lust. But Joseph is a very sensitive person. He's very sensitive. And he's remained also steady at the helm against the feeling of making her feel guilty. Now, an essential strategy of these type of women is the argument that it's going to be in secret. No one's going to know. Proverbs 9.17, Proverbs 9.17. She says, stolen waters are sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. In fact, What is done by them is referred to in the New Testament by this word. When it says in Ephesians 5.12, Ephesians 5.12, it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret, in secret. But the Lord said, that's a lie. The Lord said, it's a lie to say what happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. He exposes this in Luke 8.17, Luke 8.17 where he said, for nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. There's a coming day. There's a coming day when people will be judged by what they do in secret. 
which is what is said in Romans 2.6, Romans 2.6, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. Now, Joseph, now with Joseph, and now we see her hand on his garment, and it feels like a net in a band, like a snare. And this is what Proverbs says in Proverbs 7.23. It speaks about till a dart strike through his liver as a bird hasteth to the snare and knoweth not that it is for his life. Joseph, he feels like a bird in a snare. You know, and it says in Proverbs 23, 27, Proverbs 23, 27, a whore is a deep ditch and a strange woman is a narrow pit. And then it says in Proverbs 22, 14, Proverbs 22, 14, the mouth of a strange woman is a deep pit he that is the port of the Lord shall fall therein. Now, Joseph knows a little bit of thing or two about pits, right? <laughs> so, he knows very well this terrifying feeling of what it's like to be in a deep pit, a narrow pit. And he feels like, I'm back in the pit. And so as he feels her hand on his garment, he feels the net entrapping him. He feels the hand of his brothers who threw him into the pit. And this snare is now engulfing him. And this pit is now imprisoning him. And when he hears her saying, lie with me, he sees the snake open his mouth and he sees the fang and he sees the venom dripping off the fang. And he makes a split second executive decision. (laughs) He says, I'd rather lose my garment than lose my standing with God. I got a lot more to lose here than my garment. I'd rather lose my garment than lose my soul. Like every person, Joseph had sinful lusts. And it was like he saw his garment like his sinful lusts that were entrapping him. And Joseph made the decision, leave my sinful lusts behind and run for my life. And sometimes we need to see ourselves as trapped in a sin that's like the garment that we are trapped in and run from that sin, leaving it behind as Joseph left his garment behind. I mean, Joseph knew he was in danger, and Joseph knew he was in danger for his life, and he knew when to flee. Actually, Joseph was safer in Potiphar's prison than he was in Potiphar's house with Potiphar's wife. And when it says in verse 12 that Joseph fled, it's a picture of what we're told to do. The temptation takes us by like the hand of Potiphar's wife. We're given a promise. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. And we have to remember that the Lord was watching all of this. He was watching the hand of Potiphar's wife lay hold on Joseph's garment, and the Lord made sure, you know what the Lord made sure that morning? That Joseph put on a garment that was easy to slip out of. <laughs> he was a, that's the faithfulness of God. You know, and he made a way for Joseph to escape. The Lord saw this in advance, and he provided. Okay. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God, Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org.
tomcantor.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live, located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.